Welcome to the podcast. It's the last week of May. I'm joined as always with Kurt and Kyle. How are you guys doing today? Almost the weekend. Pretty good, Kurt. I'm doing okay. Yeah, actually, I actually saw you guys for the first time in a while. Me and Kyle played basketball, and then me and Kurt also played basketball on a certain day. So we're starting to get through this uh, social distancing thing. So, uh, not go ahead. What are you gonna say, Kyle? I was just gonna ask what a uh, topic was. Well, I guess we could continue with what we talked about last time with the Saquon versus Derrick Henry. Someone sent me last night, it was one of those start one, bench one, cut one things where they give you three players and you have to make the decision. And it's actually kind of difficult because it was Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott, and Derrick Henry. So I'm guessing you guys aren't cutting Saquon because you guys think he's better than Derrick Henry. Would you start him over Zeke? Yes. I went Derrick Henry for my start, Zeke as my bench, and then Saquon as my cut. So, Kyle, you're starting Zeke out of those three running backs? I guess yeah. he's, had, he's had the most consecutive years of like consistent production, so I could see that being there being a good case for that. And also... I'm, I- I'm looking at his stats right now. He's averaged 95 yards per game since his second year in the league. In his first year in the league, he had basically 85 yards per game. But do you guys do you guys take points away from him because he's running behind a top two offensive line every single year in the league? Because that was kind of the argument last week with Derrick Henry versus Saquon. Is that Saquon? Saquon's line is so much so much less than Derrick Henry's. Um, I it's hard. Just be... Go ahead, Kurt. I mean, you could have to take off a little bit of his success because of it. But, like, I have I'm, – I'm personally benching Zeke. I'm starting Saquon, and I'm getting rid of Derrick Henry out of three. It's really I'm close. Curse, which would... like, like I don't personally I don't really like Zeke. Like I would I would never like pick him in a I, I would never go out of my way to like pick him in some in something as my running back just because I like other guys more. But like I don't want to cut him because he's definitely a tr- a tremendous talent there. I'm just cutting Saquon because he I feel like he's the least he's the least productive on a down to down basis for me. That's fair. Um, just low on Henry because he's been in the league the longest and he's had the most injuries. Where he just let me check real quick, but and very little injury. Uh, for... I don't think Zeke's had an injury problem. The only issue he had was when he was holding out, right? 
and he got and he, was, and he got suspended for yeah. six games one season. But I I agree with you guys. I don't think he's ever had any injury problems. Maybe like a hamstring yeah, here and there. They've been in the league the same amount of time. And let me go to. And Zeke and Henry both had well, not in the NFL because Zeke's had more carries in his career, but like in college and stuff, it's not like they were both only one-year starters. They carried the load for a couple of years for their respective teams. Oh yeah. So it's not like there's any tri- any uh, advantage in less tread. Mm-hmm. I I would just have to go with Zeke because he's been more consistent. He's proven. Yeah. Yeah, and who know if he had an offensive coordinator like Derrick Henry? Now I'm kind of talking myself into going with Zeke, but if he had an offensive coordinator like Derrick Henry does, where it's just ground and pound, maybe he'd put up the same, the same uh, statistics. Put up better. Like let. Oh well, last year they actually both they both had over 300 carries, 303 for Henry, 301 for for Zeke. Henry was Henry was a little bit better last year in pretty much every step. Well, yeah. But again, that's one year compared to a four-year starting career for Zeke. Another thing, Zeke never fumbles either. Yeah, even he- even Henry put it on the ground five times, so that's not really what you want. Zeke's I mean, fumbled fifteen times his career over four yeah. years. Yes, that's definitely a big thing. Fifteen times over four years? I feel like that's a good amount. Well, I mean, Carson fumbled six times in, like, 12 games this year, so... Well, that, that's... He should have been benched. You guys know Saquon Barkley's never lost a fumble in his entire two years? He had one fumble. I think he fumbled the first game of the season last year against the Cowboys on, like, a really long game. He fumbled at the end, but then his team recovered it. That's the only time he's lost the ball. That's pretty incredible, over 500 carries, touches. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible, but, like, no, that's just a good stat. It's just something you want. Yeah, like you don't like one thing against AP when he started his career. The only thing people really had on him was that he puts the ball on the ground a lot. Like you can't say that about guys like Sa- Saquon and Zeke. Yeah, their numbers are just too good. I mean, Saqu- Saquon squatted six hundred pounds yesterday or something on social media. You know what's crazy? Saquon Barkley is only five pounds less than Derrick Henry. What was that, Kurt? Saquon Barkley is only five pounds less than Derrick Henry. Yeah, because his his quads are like double the size of what a human's quad should be, right? Like Henry packs the weight up in like his shoulders and stuff, like broad shoulders. Saquon packs it lower, I think. Yeah. 
That is pretty incredible, though. I wouldn't expect that. He's the fastest of the three. He's the, he, and he's the second. Yeah. The biggest issue with Saquon is can he stay healthy? And he's a, he's a terrible pass blocker. Yeah, because like you've said in the past, he's never had to do it. Yeah. Most- but also, also with him, he doesn't. For me, I still look back at the games that I've watched him play as a giant, and he's still underwhelming sometimes before he breaks off the big play. Like he's he doesn't consistently get you three or four yards, which you need to move your offense. And that's something I've seen Zeke and Derrick Henry do in their careers. Okay. I mean, that's true, but, like, it also depends what your scheme is. Like, the Giants don't really run that ground-and-pound scheme, or they're moving towards it, but they didn't in the past. In the past, it was, like, shotgun runs, and a lot of Pat Shermer's offense was more tailored like Kansas City's offense. Yeah, but do you, do you think that Saquon Barkley is the back to that could withstand 300 carries in a season? I, I don't think he is. I feel like he's more of an off-tackle back than he is like between the guards. I mean, is he more of an off-tackle back? Yeah. Like I, I feel like, like he's the guy. He's the guy you line up in the QB draw. And then you give it to him. He makes the edge miss, and then he just goes. But then he'll do that like a third of the time. But two out of three times, he's going to get stuffed behind the line of scrimmage. He's not. Whereas I mean, the other, the only reason he'd get stuffed behind the line of scrimmage is because his offensive line is terrible. No, because he can't make the guy miss. That's what when you're lining up in the shotgun and handing off, you're you're pretty much relying on your guy make your running back making somebody miss. Oh my God, Dave. It's true when you're in the when you're in the when you come out of the I form or the single back set, it's so much easier to just fall forward for yards. Because you're yeah, so exact. So if Saquon was in that system, he'd fall forward for yards. Is what you're basically saying? If he was in Derrick Henry's system, yeah. But do you think he's the kind of back that could do that for three down sixty minutes a game and be able to do that over a sixteen game season? That's what Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott have proven they could do. Derrick Henry did it for one season. Dave. Two seasons. One season. He did it for three games last season. He did it for one season. The only running back who has proven he can do that is Zeke. And Gurley did it for one season, and look what happened this past year. Yeah, he broke down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's so it's so close. I don't know. If I Saquon just needs to prove a little, that he's a little bit more tough for me. That's just that's just my opinion. Like if I was a linebacker, I feel like I I love seeing Saquon come out of the backfield because I know that I can just t- get him down or see him pass block, and I know I can just go right by him. He just needs to prove he's a little bit more tough. He he doesn't punish. He's not a punishing back, if that makes sense. That's true. He's a home run hitter. It's a different yeah, that's, spot. Been, that's, been my, that's been my entire point. Like, I'd rather take the punishing back who's going to make the defense, wear the defense out, than the home run hitter who's going to hit 250 to put it in ba- in more baseball terms. Well, then you're just going against statistics if you're going, if you're basing it off that. 
No, you're not because you're getting the same yards. You're getting better yards per carry with Derrick Henry, and you're getting the yards spread out between more downs, which means more first downs than you are with Saquon. With Saquon, it depends what offense you're running. No, it doesn't. I'm saying Dave, that I don't you, know. I'm saying Sa- I don't know. If, if I don't you put know. Saquon behind the Titans O line and you ran their offense last year, if he stays healthy, which is the biggest point, he is averaging more yards per carry and he has more rushing yards than Derrick Henry. No, he's, dude, Derrick, you can't just say that. Derrick Henry averaged 5.1 rushing yards, rushing yards per attempt last year. Behind a stacked offensive line. Yeah, but you can't just say that you could put another back back there. Like, we, are, we went through this last time. His yards after first contact was ab- among the highest in the league. That means that he's doing some of the work himself hey, by I'm punishing not, I, the I'm defense. I'm not saying Derrick Henry is bad. I'm saying he's obviously in the top five running back. But you, uh, I don't, I don't want to argue this anymore. It's stupid. You're set in your ways. I am pretty set in my ways. But I could be proven wrong. I could be proven wrong this year because I mean it's a new offensive coordinator. The Giants O line should be better. We'll see. Maybe Saquon comes out and and just destroys the league, puts up five point five yards per carry. He doesn't stall drives by going two yards negative one yards and having his quarterback at third and nine. If he if he doesn't do that this year, then he'll prove me wrong. But that's what he's done in his career so far. Uh, other things going on in the league. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins thinks he's the best receiver in the league. I think we talked about this last time, too. He said that uh, he said that if he had the, if he had the same quarterbacks that guys like Michael Thomas and I forgot Julio. what his other example was. Julio. Julio had in their career, his numbers would be off the charts. I, th- I kind of agree with him. I do too. Like before, before Watson, his list was like, I think it started with Matt Schaub. I think Brandon Whedon's in there, Osweiler. I don't know if he was there when Brian Hoyer was there, but he was there. It's not a it's not a good list of quarterbacks that have thrown to DeAndre Hopkins for sure. I mean, my thing is when Deshaun Watson was there, he was among the top three in the league, no debate. So if he had that his whole career, he'd be top three in the league, no debate. It's not like I wouldn't say he's obviously number one. Like, how much better is Matt Ryan than Deshaun Watson? Is he? Uh, I don't know if he's that much better. I think Matt Ryan probably, I'd have to look this up, but he probably throws the ball more per game, I'm just guessing, than Deshaun Watson does. So maybe that would that would help his case. But also, Julio's had Matt Ryan for the entirety of his career, where DeAndre Hopkins has had Deshaun Watson for, what, two or three seasons? Yeah, so I'm just saying consistently, we missed a bunch of early years where DeAndre Hopkins might have been the best wide receiver at football. But, like, I don't think just because if he played with Kyler Murray his whole career, that doesn't mean he'd be the best wide receiver. I think it'd still be a conversation. 
I don't know his in the the Cardinals offense if everything goes the way it should his numbers could be like like Jerry Rice record breaking numbers this year or Randy Moss I guess now you have to say I mean yeah but they also have a lot of weapons so I don't think I don't even think it would be necessarily like that well that helps them more because one of the things that took that probably stunted his stunted his uh production the last couple of years was a lack of a true number two in Houston, right? Like Will Fuller's not really the number two receipt. Well he could be, but he he only plays like nine or ten games a season. When Will Fuller plays, he is a true number two. But the problem is he plays what? Seven games a year? Yeah, he misses a lot. And even when he plays he's still kind of boom or bust. No, he's a deep threat. Which, I mean, uh, I but think... now, like, put him, put him across from Larry Fitzgerald, and he, uh, we dropped Kyle. He'll come back on in a sec. But put him across from Larry Fitzgerald. Like, that's a legitimate. Even though he's an older receiver, that's a legitimate guy that you have to worry about on the other side. That's true. I think Less of biggest, a double team. The biggest issue with the Cardinals is going to be. Can they – will Kyler Murray have time for them to run real routes? Yeah, will he have time to get down the field? Uh, who did they draft? They drafted uh, a defensive – they didn't upgrade offensive line. They drafted someone in the third round, but, like, he's he's a little – based on what I've heard, he's a little bit off of being – um, is that are they who drafted Josh Jones? Yes. Or yeah, yeah. Apparently he's a project, but he's young. I think he is young, and he is a project. But like, it's a good pick. It's just I don't know if that helps them. Sorry, guys, I had disconnected. No. What were you guys just talking about? All good. You're back now. We we're just talking about DeAndre Hop- okay. Hopkins. Okay. Yeah. Do you do you agree with his comment that? he would be the best in the league if he had the quarterback play. Or, I guess, he's already one of the top, top in the league, so would he, he – I guess, would his all-time numbers be that much better with a yes. different quarterback? He, he had bottom 10 quarterbacks for the first – what was it, four careers? First four years career? Five. Yeah. And he was still putting up, like, 1,300 yards. I mean – Fact check that real quick, but no, maybe even maybe even more than that. Actually, his first four years, it's basically an average of he had eight hundred, twelve, ten, fifteen, twenty, and nine fifty. And I want to say Osweiler was twenty fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, it's, actually, it might have been because it's right after. What year did Pey- What year did Peyton Manning retire? Because it was right after that. I think he retired in fifteen. So. Yeah, so two thousand sixteen. He signed that big contract, and everyone thought it was so good. Didn't he? He got a hundred million over six years or something, right? 
or four years, eighty something million. Uh, I'll look it up. That's great. Imagine like they got to Sean Watson, so it didn't really hurt them that much, as much as as much as as much as it could have. But if they didn't find a quarterback after that, like that's a franchise. It was Brock Osweiler for four years, seventy-two million, thirty-seven guaranteed. Wow, and they didn't. He didn't even last a full season. Didn't uh. Fitzpatrick take over after him? Who's the quarterback that took over after him? Fitzpatrick might have been there the same year. Fitzpatrick has been everywhere. I think he had a couple of stints with the with the Texans, oh, he's, actually. He was benched for Tom Savage. Right, yeah. Uh, so do we want to go over to uh, breakout candidates? Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, so do we want to start out with quarterback? Yeah, that's probably the best uh, one to okay, start with. Okay, so. There's, there's a lot of good options, a lot of there good are. quarterbacks. There's, I don't know if he's necessarily considered a breakout candidate, but I would say Baker just because he's not going to have the terrible situation he had last year, and he has at least a better line than he did last year, and he's definitely going to have more confidence after sophomore slump. Yeah, I agree. And he spoke yesterday, but other than that, his offseason's been like the polar opposite of what it was last year where he was doing commercials. and He's really focused on football, it seems like. And it seems like the Browns in general are taking that approach. You don't even hear that much out of, like, OBJ or Jarvis Landry. They're just kind of focusing on getting their job done. So I I think we'll see a step up from Baker. Uh, Kurt, who do you think? Uh, I like the Baker pick. Um, I want someone who could be boom or bust, depending – he could lose his job this year. But I went with um Derek Carr for the Oakland Raiders. They put a lot around yeah, him they in did. the draft. They did. They, he has a good O-line. He has two deep targets. He has an underneath guy. He has a good tight end. I mean, I think if there's any... I think if you... If there's a time Derek Carr is going to return to his MVP level, it's going to be this year. I can see that. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of speed on their offense now. The only the only thing is I don't think that they'll give him if he struggles out of the gate, I could see them pulling the plug and going to Marcus Mariota pretty quickly. Like, last year he had such highs and such lows. Like, it started out so good. He had a good connection with Waller and uh, Williams on the outside. And then we saw at the Jets game that we went to, he just didn't have a clue what he was doing out there the second half of the season. So we'll see which uh, Derek Carr comes out. 
do you, who do you guys think has the better season, da- Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold? Mm. Daniel Probably Jones. Daniel Jones. Yeah, I could see. I think he has he has more. As much as I want to see both quarterbacks do well, being a Jets fan, I think they both will do well. But I think Jones will have a better a better. I personally season. just think uh, Darnold's growth is going to be stunted as long as Gase is there. I agree with Kyle. Like, as much as he could be a good quarterback and, like, work in a system, if there was someone else there to, like, teach him and, like, help him progress his career, uh, it would help him infinitely. Jones has got to, has got to uh, cut down on the turnovers, though. I think I, I saw on Twitter he had – they have, like, a new stat or something, like interceptions that should have been thrown or something, and he had, like – 40 interceptions that could have happened that, that didn't either because of drops or, uh, I guess, broken up by a receiver or something like that. So he's got to cut down on that and the fumbles in his second year. I mean, I he definitely has to cut down on it, but I don't think... Uh, yeah, he has to cut down on the fumbles. But he... One of the reasons I think that he'll do better than Sam Darnold is because Sam Darnold has pressure while the what's it called while the Giants have no pressure. No one expects the Giants to do well this year. While what's it called expectations in in what's it called in New York are a little bit different, if that makes sense. And also I think that the hard thing for Jones or uh Daniel Jones was he was a first-year quarterback trying to just make things happen on a bad Giants team. So he's – it's not like he's going to get cut next year. Like, he's going to make those, like, chance throws that 50-50 turnover touchdown. So. Well, I think I think there actually is pressure on Daniel Jones because, like, if they have a bad year, Gettleman's gone, and then you won't have anybody – Anybody in the organization who was there when they drafted you, and we've seen guys like Josh Rose, Josh Rose, and that happens too. And then they just move. That's on. also a one-time situation, though. And that's also because they had the first overall pick. Yeah, well, if they if they're bad again, you can't get much worse than four and twelve. Yeah, but I think I I don't think so. If 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 Daniel Jones throws twenty something interceptions. They go two and twelve. At, I mean, two and fourteen, and they have an opportunity at Trevor Lawrence. You don't think they fire Gettleman? It's it's Joe Judge and his GM. You don't think that they go for Trevor Lawrence over Daniel Jones? Well, yeah, but you're saying who has a better chance to do better? You're saying who do you think is going to do better? I don't think Daniel Jones can throw that many interceptions. Well, he should. If you look at the new stat, he should have last year. You're going off a stat based on Twitter. He also fumbled 18 times. Yeah, I'm not saying he's perfect. Do you think that he's going to – do you think Darnold is going to do better than Daniel Jones? No, I think Daniel Jones will do better. He has more around him. But... Then, then your point is mute. I don't understand what you're trying to argue, Dave. 
I was just saying there's no, there's not no pressure on Daniel Jones. Like he can't just go out there and throw fifty fifty balls like you guys were saying. I'm not saying there he is, has there to is throw. pressure on him to perform. There is pressure, but there's more pressure on Sam Darnold. The division's open for the first time in forever. You guys went nine and seven, just missing the playoffs, or seven and nine, whatever. You guys were very close to making the playoffs. When Sam Darnold played, you guys were a playoff t- contender. Granted, it's in the AFC, and the it was a little easier to make the playoffs. But it's like the division's open. Sam Darnold is going to have more. Is going to be what's it called? Is going to have more pressure. The Giants have a first-year head coach. And that's why, and that on top of Adam Gates is a terrible coach. I think Daniel Jones is set up for more success than Sam Darnold. That's fair. How about in the running back department? This one's a little bit harder to to kind of predict because you don't really know how touches are going to be split up in the backfield. Where which uh, running back are you guys looking? looking at as a guy who could really step up, maybe be like the Christian McCaffrey. Uh, can we choose a rookie? Yeah, that would be a breakout. Go ahead, Kurt. I chose someone who I know Kyle doesn't even think he's going to win the job. I think Jonathan Taylor for Indianapolis is set up for success. I think he could have like a Zeke first. I think it's possible. It's just – there's a lot of mouths to feed in that running back room, especially with Max still being the number one back and Naheem Hines being the third down pass catching slash pass blocking back. I understand that. I just think that is someone who I think could break out. And I think I understand you're splitting reps, but when someone is so good, you don't always split reps. And I think Jonathan Taylor is good enough. That Honestly, I thought about reps. that and I just thought about it right now. I don't know if it's necessarily a breakout, but I think with all the pieces like falling, uh, falling together on this line, I think Joe Mixon might be good next year. Like, might be like breakout, like Zeke's fr- uh, first year in the league, sixteen thousand yards type. So kind of like yeah. a re-breakout because he he's he's done it before in his career. He's just forgotten and since it's not that he's right forgotten. Now. It's just they were so bad. Like, their line was so bad. That was impossible to run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just very interested what the offense is going to be like. They have their first-round pick last year, who's a really good tackle coming back after, I think, he tore his uh, pack. And he's phenomenal. He's one of those Alabama linemen that are just always good. So... I could see that, and then they invested a lot on the rest of the line, too. I really like Devin Singletary. That's a good one. He kind of broke out halfway through last year after they shifted from giving Gore most of the carries to really working Singletary back after he got injured in week one. But the guy's really... The guy's really explosive, and... With uh, with Josh Allen lead, leading the offense, that's always a threat to run that linebackers have to stay committed to stopping. So it, it makes it a little bit easier for him. 
I think what did he have last year? Seven, he had 770 rushing yards. I'd be looking for him to put up 1,100, 1,200 yards this year. It was close between him and uh, Miles Sanders for me. I, yeah, but... if they don't, if they don't let Boston Scott take most of the carries in Philadelphia. Um, I like the pick of Devin Singletary. The only thing that might scare me is I don't know how much Zach Moss from Utah State is going to get. How many carries he's going to get. Yeah, that's true. That's like the only thing stopping them. But I think, I mean, between the two running backs, they're probably, in Buffalo, they're probably going to rush for 2,000 yards. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I mean, last year when they had both Gore and Singletary in the lineup, they both got more than 10 to 12 touches a game. So they could probably split it between him and Zach Moss. The only thing is he's not going to get like the, unless he breaks off like a 20 plus yard run, he's probably not going to score many touchdowns because the red zone is Josh Allen's time to shine. But I I think he could break out for sure in the big play department. Then we got wide receivers next. There's that. There's some pretty good receivers on the list that could. Well, first of all, there's the rookies, but then there's also other receivers out there that could really jump off the page this year. Where are you guys going? Go ahead, Kurt. Uh, give me a second. All right. I got it. All right. I'll I'll fill time with mine and uh, go with Terry McLaurin. The, the numbers he was putting up with Case Keenum under under center the first couple weeks, he was, from a fantasy perspective, he was a top 15 receiver. And if you look at his, if he took the first four games of the season and project them over a full 16, he was over 1,000 yards. He ended at 900, so he was almost there anyway, and 10 touchdowns. So those are Pro Bowl receiver numbers. And he's just a talented guy if, Haskins ends up being the quarterback. They have the connection from Ohio State. And uh, I think he's, I think, uh, what's his name again? Scary Terry. I think Scary Terry will be a household name in 2020. I like that. Um, I was thinking Rugs. And then another one that just escaped me. Um, I forget the other one is, but I, I really like Ruggs in this offense because with how Gruden likes to play offense, he's a very old school type guy. So it's going to be ground and pound and then play action into deep shots. So that's just where uh, Ruggs has thrived the last couple of years in the intermediate and deep routes. So that. I, I think he's set up very well in uh, Las Vegas now. Yeah, that's a good spot for receivers. I like both your guys' picks. Um, I I think Ruggs is prime for a breakout year, and I think McLaurin is a great wide receiver. The only thing that hurts him is Dwayne Haskins is throwing him the ball. But... Um, I chose someone who 
who is going to benefit from the two other wide receivers he has on the team in um, Christian Kirk in Arizona. I just think he's I just think he's going to be able to take advantage of the attention that DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald are going to get and I think Kyler Murray is going to scramble enough that the deep ball is going to be a blessing for Kirk and I think he'll have around like 900 1000 yards. I can see it. I like Kirk too. Uh someone up. Go ahead. Yeah, he's he's or I'm oh, you going got on to a different person. That would be like a wide receiver tight end person. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say Kirk's kind of been like low on the radar for a while as someone that could jump out, and this could be definitely be the year that he yeah. does it. Um, I was going to go to a tight end that I think would be really good, and that's Mike Isecki at uh, Miami. With everything going on there and Tua being the passer he is, he's a pocket passer who likes to uh, like half the time check down, having a vertical seam tight end that can also run routes. He's not necessarily good for blocking, but he's a good receiving tight end. I think that's going to be a good combo this year. What about uh, Noah Fant? Do you think he could be a breakout tight end candidate? With Drew Locke under center? I don't know too much about Locke to have like a definite answer, but I think there's always a shot. Or what about like TJ Hawkinson? He was really he was really highly touted. I like Hawkinson a lot. He's like a I'm not gonna say Gronkowski, but he's definitely like a receiving tight end that can block well. And that's why he got picked over Fans last year. They both went to Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. I it just depends on Matt Stafford. Personally, yeah. If he plays the full season, I jumped on the bandwagon after his first really good game, and then he kind of dropped off from there. I feel like a lot of the picks we're making is based on the quarterback play and not the tight end play. That that is that is a big no. part of it, though. Like if a quarterback likes throwing to tight ends, it's going to help you break out. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like the Gasecki pick. I know. Um, I like Tua as a quarterback, and the guys from Penn State, so I'm all for it. I think he had he had a good game last a good game against the Jets last year where he was just like the primary target the entire second half. Like, well, that's because you guys refused to use Jamal Adams as a cover guy, and you decided to blitz him every play last year. I feel like that's more of a him problem than uh, a jet scheme problem, because that's what he he just wants to rush the passer and get sacks for his uh, his stats, but. Hey, that's another. That's another issue. It helps him get paid more. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he plays this year and doesn't sit out because I don't think Joe Douglas is going to pay him before his fourth year's up. And I wouldn't pay him anyway. I wouldn't pay him until after this year anyway. We don't have to pay him right now. He's not a winning player during his career. So, what about breakout defensive players? Who do you guys think could be? Uh, 
the next Jamal Adams and someone secondary? Um, uh, secondary players, it's hard to tell. Like, it's already, like, he's the dominant CB1 of his team, but Trey White, I think, can have Stephon Gilmore-like numbers this year. I mean, wait, Trey White or Davious White? Same person. Same person. Same one. I mean, the guy was outstanding last year, so I don't really know. That's like, I understand what you're what you're saying. He's already very good, but like you're saying, he's going to be. The I best. think he'll be like a top three cornerback this year. I think he was a top three cornerback last year. <laughs> yeah, he was up there. He he doesn't get the recognition because he's up in Buffalo, but like maybe he takes the next step that Gilmore did and becomes like the number one guy because he's definitely a shutdown corner. We see him twice a year. I think that's a a good one. I I kind of pegged Jonathan Ab- Abrams as my guy, just because he got injured his first year. I think he's gonna he might not have like the best season. He might he might uh, have some blows in the secondary, but over the course of a season, he's going to have some hits that end up on SportsCenter and NFL Network, so I think he'll become a star just from knocking guys' helmets off, if you know what I mean. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, because he's going to make all the big hits, so you're going to think he's better than he actually is, yeah. I I couldn't find any, I couldn't think of anyone, personally. Yeah, the, the defense is a hard Maybe not pass rusher, but defense is kind of hard to to pick out. I, I have, like, D-line and linebacker in my mind. Very sad, but. So who would you go with with linebacker? This might be me just being a homer, but Bobby Okariki, being a, he's eventually going to take over for uh, our current mill linebacker right now, and he's just – so fast, he has long arms. He can help like deflect balls in the middle, and also is a really good tackler. I just see him being a very like. I'm not going to say he's going to put up numbers like Terry Slater did his first year, but he's going to put up damn near close, like over 100 tackles, couple sacks, uh, pass defenses, stuff like that. Like he's going to be in the mix of everything. He's just rangy. To be honest, I'd never heard of him before. You just he was the so in the 2018 draft. He's the one that uh, uh, Pat McAfee announced when he was roasting Tennessee. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Kyle, I don't really know much about him, so I can tell you. Um, I don't really have a breakout linebacker that I could think of. I have a defensive lineman. I have another uh, linebacker if you guys want that too. Uh, Devin White for the Bucks. They kept most kept most of their line, and their defense has just gotten better. It it's literally just they have to keep the ball in Tom Brady's hand, and I think he'll be an important part of that. 
Yeah, Devin White was, I think, the fifth yeah. pick last year. Or was it? Yeah, he. I think he had some flashes last season, so he, he's definitely high on the list of linebackers who could take the league by storm. I mean, there's going to be a changing of the guard at linebacker anyway because you already had Keekly retire. Wagner's uh, probably not Bucks. far behind. Or you mean just like elite? Yeah, I know, but like, like there's, yeah, like there's going to be a changing of the guard of the elite linebackers in the game, and I think Devin White will definitely mm-hmm. be up there. I was thinking Bush from uh, Pittsburgh could be my guy. He he's like the heart of the defense beside, behind uh, T.J. Watt. I think he'll keep on growing into a good player. I like that pick, too. It's hard to judge defense if you're not really watching every game. For Like, if, if I'm watching the Jets, I, I kind of know which players are having good seasons and which ones aren't. Like, Brian Poole last year, watching every game, he's so impressive to watch, but, like, with other teams where you're just really watching red zone or the highlights, it's hard to pinpoint these defensive players. Who is your defensive lineman that you had in mind, Kurt? I had Derek Barnett for the Eagles. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a homer with it. Um really the reason I chose him is because he's in a con he's in his what, he's in his fifth year. He's on his fifth year option, so it's his payday year. Um, and the defense, the interior defensive line for the Eagles is very good. So there's really no excuse Derek Barnett to not have at least 10 double-digit sacks this year. Other than he won't be good. So it's really just hoping that he's going to be a good player. Dave, who you got? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I picked uh... – I picked Solomon Thomas for the same reason. They got rid of Buckner, so it frees up more snaps in their rotation. If they don't give him all to Didn't the they rookie just that they draft drafted, a with the yeah, but I'm I'm thinking they'll go with the veteran and try to ease Kinlaw in. He's also his fifth year option got declined, so he's on a contract year. He'll probably be highly motivated. But I was also really close to just going with Josh Allen out in Jacksonville, who kind of broke out a little bit last year as a rookie. But second year, pass rushers usually take another step. And I think he's definitely going to do that this year. So this might be also a homework pick. But Kamoko Ture, who we drafted out of Rutgers uh, two years ago, was on pace for probably 11 sacks last year until he broke his ankle four games in. So, I think a full season of him, and he's just a pure speed rusher who has good hands and gets by people. I think he's going to have a good year this year, especially with the Forrest Buckner and uh, Justin Houston on the other side. Yeah, I, I think there's also like a hint of randomness in which pass rush is going to put up big numbers. Like, I don't think anyone saw Shaq Barrett for the Giants or... Uh, Shaq Barrett's uh, Bucks. Who it was for the Giants? I think it was... Who was the one that uh, the Giants Golden. signed from the Bucks? Marcus Golden. He's still... He, yeah, Golden. He's on the trend. He's Transition on the... Uh, no, not even that. He's on 
something else that the Giants used where if nobody signs him by a certain date, like when training camp starts, it's just automatically a Giant, which is actually a sick thing. I don't know why teams don't use it. The only other team that I can remember using it was LeGarrette Blunt with the Patriots. And I think he got signed by someone else. They didn't get Blunt back, but it's a it's a sick thing that they that they that doesn't really get used often. The Eagles but the Eagles signed Blunt. This year? No, that year. That you're talking Oh about. Blunt. Gotcha. Uh yeah, like he no one expected Golden to have the insane year he had last year and nobody expected Zaire Smith to completely revolutionize the Packers defensive line. So we'll see who does it this year. Any other big breakout play? What about a breakout head coach or a coordinator? Do you think that, do you think you guys could point out one of those? I don't know about breakout, but I'm really interested to see what Joe Brady does in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. After, after all the credit he got for, uh, LSU last year. Yeah. I'm just interested to see. I wouldn't say breakout, but. Well, I'm, I'm thinking like the coordinator who's going to have so much success that like he's a shoe in for a head coaching job next year. Mm-hmm. Is kind of what I was thinking, but Joe Brady's. I wasn't thinking coordinator, but I'm very excited to see so what Joe okay. Douglas does with the Giants. Because there is like a lot of young talent there. And I'm just interested to see if he helps mold them to be like possible contenders for playoffs. Yeah. Joe Judge. Judge, Judge yeah. He's Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas is uh Oh okay. They're both in New York. Easy to mix them up. Yeah, I think Joe, I I really want to see if Joe Judge's uh, tactics work with like changing the Giants culture back to what like Giants football used to be. It kind of got a little bit loose after Tom Coughlin left, but it seems like he's the guy that ownership wants to get everything back. I think that's that's all we had for the topic. Do you guys have anything uh, else? I have nothing right now. Did you see that uh, Jadavion Clowney turned down a high, a big contract from the Browns just because he doesn't want to be in Cleveland? I love it. I feel like that's a miscalculation on his part, though. Like, he'll be across from Miles Garrett. He won't even have to try, and he'll just be able to shed a blocker and get to the quarterback. Like, no one's going to be able to double-team him with Garrett on the other side. No one leaked how much money they were offering him, though. They just said big contract. No one knows what that means. Big contract depends on who's, what's it called. Depends on everyone's perspective. Yeah, that's that's true. It could not be what he's looking for. But, but like at this stage of free agency, with with everything the way it is, do you re- could you really afford to turn down like a quote-unquote big contract? Or maybe maybe he'd sit out like uh, Devontae Freeman said he would if he doesn't get what he wants. I don't know. I just feel like he... 
I feel like that would be a, a defensive line he'd want to be on because the Browns, like, they they could be contenders with a move like that. That's, like, a d- defense-changing move. I think there's a chance he goes to Colts still. Colts or Titans. Do you think we are the Col- yeah. are the Colts still in it? We still have, I think, somewhere between seventy and eighty-five million dollars in cap space. So even if it was like a one-year deal, it'd oh, yeah, be fine. I keep forgetting about that. I got a question. Do you think your GM would be willing, or do you think Chris Ballard would be willing to overpay Clowney? Because he's generally known not to overpay. Any he's type of he's player. never spent more than he's evaluated someone for. So that's like the only question is how much is value uh how much is Ballard value him. Yeah, but you guys have the cap space. So you know right. and at some and at some point like you have to you you have to spend big to get over the hump. Like if you think that you're right there with Philip Rivers as your quarterback, I feel like you have to throw money at Clowney and bring him in. I, I really don't know for that close with Philip Rivers. I think Philip's going to help us be better than 7-9, but I don't think he's going to make us go from 7-9 to, let's say, 11-6. Also, is this the year we're doing 17 games, not 16? No, it's still okay, 16 so. this year. But I feel like the reason but I, I, th- I think it's seven playoff teams this year, right? Or is that next year, too? No, that is this year. It is seven playoff teams this year. Which is one reason that I feel like it's worth it for a team that was seven and nine to go all in. Because you think you upgraded that quarterback, which gets you an extra win or two. And then you get Genevieve Clowney. You get to 10 wins. You're in the playoffs which I feel like it's worth it to spend the money to get through 10 wins. Yeah, like how many wins do you – because last year with Andrew Luck, they were – Two years ago. They were some people's picks. Two years ago with Andrew Luck, they were people's picks to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. So, like how many – is Phillip Rivers that much worse than Andrew Andrew Luck at this point in his career? Yes. (laughs) How many games worse? Two? Three. I would say three. three. Yeah, so that puts you at like nine, seven, eight, eight, and eight. Yeah, but it's like if you're at nine, seven, eight, and eight, you add Jadavion Clowney, your roster overall is better. You know, maybe that gets you to ten wins, and it's like I feel like it's worth it to push, like to make that move to make the playoffs. Like that. And if and in the playoffs, we've seen teams with a good pass rush, rush just take over, over uh, playoff runs. Like the, that's how the Giants won there too from wild card spots. And uh, look at the Titans last year; they won their games with defense and the offensive line. Yeah, the Bron- and the Broncos when Peyton Manning could, didn't have an arm to throw with. There's a bunch of examples, so I feel like if you can get into the playoffs with Rivers. And you have a guy like Clowney who's showing you he can take over games. I'd go for it if I were the Colts. Even if it means paying more than you value him. I just found. 
But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have said no to the Browns if I was Clowney. They're like in the same spot. I just found something. I just sent it to you guys. Let me get let me know what you think. Box yeah, that's, number one. That's what I have to. So the thing I sent them was rank these teams one through eight. It's Cleveland, Jets, Bears, Giants, Colts, Raiders, Bucks, Rams. So I think these are all the third place teams last year. Yeah. I would put the Bucks first, followed by the Colts and Raiders, then the Rams, then the then the Browns, then the Giants, then the Bears, then the Jets, or the Jets, then Bears. I went uh, I Bucks, Colts, Browns, Rams, or uh, Browns, Raiders, Rams, Bears, Jets, Giants. I mean, I can't really fault you on that. I feel like. I feel like the bottom three are definitely Chicago, the Giants, and the Jets. I have Ram in my, I have the Rams of instead the, of Bears. My bottom three. That's fair too. This is tough. This is a tough. I feel very to... confident about my top three, though: Bucks, Colts, Browns. <laughs> I could, I could see people putting the Raiders ahead of the Browns, but that's a, that's yeah. a pretty solid top four. I agree four. with that. I'm just I'm a little higher Next. on the Raiders than some people are. Yeah, that's because I have faith in John Gruden. Maybe it's just because he's entertaining. I could I could see the Rams ending up being the best team. I know people won't rank them high just because they lost a lot this offseason and they're still in cap hell, but I could if, they're co- if their coach is as good as everyone thinks he is, I could see them cracking that top three, but right now I'd put them at like five or six. Okay, guys, any more topics to cover or is it time to head out? I've got nothing. All right. I'll see you, I'll uh, see you guys again next yeah, week. Yeah, I'm good. All right, till next week. Sounds good.